and welcome back to the Scaling Impact Podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce, and I'd like to welcome my guests to the show today, Chandra and Megan, who are community engagement officers for DreamSpring. Hello, Chandra and Megan. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Hi, I'm great. Hi, Sean. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, very excited to talk more about your work, what you do, DreamSpring, community engagement, lots of exciting topics. Before we do that, if you don't mind, so that our audience can learn a little bit more about you and who you are and your background, would you mind sharing a little bit of detail about uh, each of you so that we can uh, learn more? Well, my name is Chandra Jacobs. I am a community engagement officer at DreamSpring. I've been with the company almost two years now. I actually started as a loan officer and now I'm in engagement. Previously, I've worked in nonprofit and uh, my education background is um, in communications as well as a community development master's degree as well. So I'm excited to be here and talk about community engagement more in depthly. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, my name is Megan. Go ahead, Megan. Uh, my name's Megan Rauker, pronoun she, they. I'm community engagement officer at DreamSpring as well. Um, I've been in the CDFI, so Community Development Financial Institution, of which DreamSpring is, um, since late 2016, 2017. I've held a whole bunch of different types of roles from program management to fundraising to comms, all that kind of fun stuff, um, and found my way back to economic development with DreamSpring in August of 2022. And it's been such a whirlwind being able to connect back in with the local business community. My background was, I think, for a lot of folks who go into nonprofit, uh, I studied modern history and international relations, thinking I was going to join the UN. And then very quickly was like, mm, I would much rather actually connect with people on a grassroots level. So came back to the States. And that's where a lot of this, a lot of my passion for community engagement uh, really came from after coming out of university. Amazing. Thank you for sharing, Megan. That's very helpful. It's always great to know a little bit more about your respective backgrounds before we dive in. Helps our listeners also uh, learn a little bit more as well. And since we want to talk quite a bit about community engagement, I suppose that's a great place to start. If you wouldn't mind, help us understand what community engagement means in terms of the work that you do. And also, perhaps it would be great to know more about what a community engagement officer does. Well, I'll jump in and I'll give the formal definition first. So the formal definition is defined as, you know, engaging in long term and sustainable outcomes and, you know, getting with relationships with our clients and just seeking to better engage the community. But in layman's terms, it's just that being that we are a CDFI, Community Development Funding Institution, we have different target markets that we want to assist in. So that can be um, minority entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, as well as, you know, veterans. And we try to ensure that we meet them where they are. And so being that DreamSpring is a great nonprofit working to assist with those, um, those type of priority populations, we work in engagement to have seminars, be on panels, um, do educational work, because Money is not always the answer. Uh, it is more to educate and empower people to be able to start a small business, be entrepreneurs, and sustain themselves and their family, create generational wealth. That is our goal with this engagement role. And we love what we do because it's all about educating and just helping people and just also giving that component of saying that we're there and giving technical assistance and getting them to the greatest point of their business. 
super helpful. Thank you, Chandra. And I think from there, I'd love to take it in the direction of understanding the impact that community engagement drives. I think it'd be great to know a little bit more about why community engagement is so important to the work that you're doing. Absolutely. And a part of it is that community engagement, no matter what role you're in in a, in a company, you're going to be doing some kind of aspect to it. DreamSpring took the direction of we really wanted dedicated individuals who are outbound in the community, making connections and connecting with people on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And, you know, community engagement, when it's done right, can touch every part of your business and it can pay for itself, right? It's more than just being a brand ambassador. You're doing trust building in the community. You're connecting with resources. You are potentially, you know, connecting with new funding opportunities um, and making sure that people know that your company and that you as an individual is a trusted source uh, for you and your business. So for us, it's also really important because Chandra and I are really passionate about our small business community. For myself, my dad was a small business owner, grew up in a bicycle shop. So I'm really passionate about making sure that people know the resources that are available to them um, and that we're not just some faceless entity on the internet, that we're people and we really want to help and connect um, with, with people as well. That's a great one. And, uh, you know, over here too, ton of experience and a lot of appreciation for the small business community as well too, which I love so much of what DreamSpring does. That's a great way to articulate the importance of the community engagement element. Also curious, because I'm sure our listeners have these questions as well too. Can you talk to us a little bit more about how you engage with the community and like what that looks like and what you recommend other organizations take advantage of as well too? So for me, um, being resourceful is the start. Um, having those connections going out to different events, um, such as the SBDCs, the, the SBA, they provide all of these different resources and different informationals. But for me personally, as also having those different events and um, talking about, you know, tax preparation or talking about your credit, um, credit building, um, having different uh, panel interviews where we can sit and talk about things and ask people where what they need and how can we help them. So those are the best ways to be able to communicate with the community that you're in and just reach out. Also, just utilizing LinkedIn as well. Um, just going out and saying, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what you need. Um, also, you know, searching those resources and having newsletters, all of those different things is a way for people to communicate to the people that are around. And, you know, a lot of people are just searching for information and then just being available and accessible to help um, the community that, and then make a big impact. And to add to that um, as well is that before even engaging with community, you do really want to ask yourself why? Why am I reaching out to these people? What, am I like offering something of service? Um, for both of us, uh, it's very much location-based. So right now I'm based out of side Denver Metro, but when I'm going into rural communities, it's a totally different approach. So you definitely need to know your audience and understand where they might be coming from, from a context perspective. That's why we emphasize so much on trust building. Don't expect to go into a community and go, hi, we're here, it's great, and then expect suddenly you're having tons of people at your event. You need to show up consistently and be there as a human to support the community before they're going to let you in and you can actually engage with those individuals. Technology is also a super great resource. Um, I know we joke about it a lot, but 
Google's my best friend. <laughs> you know, if you really don't know where to start, start with researching local organizations, find those community leaders. And like Chandra said, reach out on LinkedIn. We've both just like cold, direct messaged people on LinkedIn, or just like I found a cool organization and I emailed their community engagement manager and it was immediate hit. That's the other trick I'd also add to organizations. If you can find other people who have titles like community engagement or community manager in their role, they're much more likely to respond to you. And it's also really great to have like a peer in that space if that's your job and you're just kind of starting to navigate that space. Some great information there from both of you. And I want to talk a little bit more about that last part you were talking about, Megan, for sure. The thing that immediately interests me in terms of you've got these different types of communities, different expectations from the perspective of how those communities are expecting to be approached or what works and is effective. Because kind of almost regardless of your intentions, if you're a complete stranger in terms of who you're planning to connect with, right, could be met very differently, um, even if you're only there to help, so to speak. So I, I imagine there's other nonprofit organizations out there, impact-driven organizations who have to manage similar challenges. Curious if either or both of you could share some of the strategies and tactics that you've leveraged, depending upon the community that you're intending to approach and build a relationship with. So how do you go about managing that? How do you figure out kind of what works? And then what do any strategies or tactics look like that you've leveraged that you found worked? So for me, you know what, like, like Megan said, is just showing up and being consistent, um, leveraging that. And then I, I'm just a very friendly person, I'll be honest. And so um, genuineness is to me what I know that has helped me leverage my, and just actually being there. You know, I'll be honest, this has been my first year in this role. And it's been very fun just saying, this is what I know. And that knowledge has been great. And so I think that people see that and they want to be a part of that. And those connections have just grown from that. And so I would say that just being just genuine, hey, this is what we're doing. And then also, I'll be honest with DreamSpring and what we're doing, it speaks for itself. Being a part of this company is just saying, hey, this is exactly what we're doing and how we've done it um, has been invaluable. And there, you know, when people see the great things that are coming out of here, that they, they love that. So um, that's what I have done um, in this space and just being scrappy and just being like, this is what I do. How can I help you? <laughs> and it's definitely been beneficial in uh, helping me grow. But Megan, you could add more to that. Yeah, I think Chandra and I have, a, we work so well together. We have very similar philosophies um, on this, you know, at our core community engagement, you have to be kind of a people person and like wanting to get to know people. So my first tactic is really trying to get the, I keep saying this, but you know, getting to know a person on a human level. It's not who do you work for? What do you do? I want to know who Sean is. What is Sean passionate about? Like, you know, what was your morning like? How are you arriving into the meeting? Things like that to kind of build a level of understanding that, you know, we're not coming into a conversation expecting anything out of it. And that's another thing to really think about when doing community engagement. You're not, it's not going to be a slam dunk every single time you go into a community. There will be communities that go, we're good. And you have to be okay with that. There, You have to have a little bit of um, self-awareness and constant reflection as you're doing this work. 
to, again, continue and question, why am I reaching out? What am I providing? How is this helping? Or can I help in a different way or even in a better way? Directly ask the people you are engaging with what they need. Uh, for me, that's kind of been the biggest, like the biggest strategy and the most helpful tactic is just going, hey, I'm here. What do you need? I've volunteered at conferences. I've, uh, you know, picked up coffee for people because they were stressed, you know, took someone to lunch, things like that. Um, and it's a long game. We've said this a lot of times, right? Like we start building a partnership and you're doing engagement. Um, a lot of people are used to people coming in going, hi, nice to meet you. And then they're gone within four months. Um, so you really want to kind of play into the sustainability of like what makes a friendship or a partnership. You don't necessarily have to be friends, but you need to be friendly. So those are some of the tactics that we've used. Um, and, you know, it's very location based based on where you're going. So you need to just be aware of that as well. Well said. Yeah, that's excellent advice for sure. I mean, that having that presence and then being there as a resource, being able to help, I have to imagine, you know, eventually will help you enable to connect with just about anybody who may need help and is someone that you can help. So I think that is excellent advice for sure. I want to shift gears for a moment, talk a little bit more about another topic we wanted to cover, which is related to measuring impact. Obviously, the theme behind the show, Scaling Impact, is all figuring out how to take the impact that we've been able to achieve at a certain level, and then hopefully spread that to more communities that can also benefit from what it is that we do. So part of that is measuring you know, what impact means to us and how we're able to achieve it, and then how much we've been able to achieve for the folks that need it most. So I'd love to pick um, both of your brains about measuring impact. And then in particular, since I'm a data geek and a tech geek and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> Love to hear more about numbers and data and, you know, really like what it looks like to measure that, particularly from an outcome perspective. I know outputs are important too. A lot of outputs influence outcomes, but obviously the objective we're trying to achieve, uh, obviously, is, you know, achieving the successful uh, outcome for the audience that needs it most. So wherever you want to start there would be great. Absolutely. I love this question. Chandra and I are meticulous <laughs> about our data and impact measurement, partially because quantifying the impact of community engagement is really difficult. It's hard to say with like, you know, really concretely, I had a coffee with John and now because of that coffee, these three can, it's really hard to track that. Um, but how we really approach doing it is identifying some key metrics um, for us also based on our own communities and where we're based for what makes sense. So part of that is new uh, new organizations. We're keeping track of who are the organizations that we are connecting with and what are their focus areas um, and how often are we contacting them, right? As well as that stewardship piece. Again, you contact someone once, great, sent you some stuff. You still need to come back and connect with them. So we also track that and whether or not we're able to get a follow-up meeting as a part of our metrics as well. And we also are following that impact down the line. So like if we're working with entrepreneurs and then they become a client, great. And that's where we have a really fantastic marketing and comms team at DreamSpring who does reach out to clients who do, you know, they interview them formally and create client features. So for us, well, we have some of that, you know, hard data, it's 
we've reached out to what well, we've reached out to like 140 people since we've started um, hundreds of organizations. That's great. But we can really say, you know, but concretely, here are our like little pieces that are little success stories. Shonda and I, because this role uh, started in August, we're planning a retrospective um, coming up. A big believer in the Rosebud Thorn design thinking modality. If you haven't heard of it, um, basically going through whatever project or uh, thing that you've been working on, what were your biggest successes? What were some challenges and what are some opportunities for growth? Um, and that's really where I think we're going to hone in on a lot of this data. But from like a software perspective, I'm a little old school. I love my Excel spreadsheets so much, and I'm sure everyone maybe hates them, but I love them because it's just quick and you could visualize them and you know what's going on. But we also utilize um, HubSpot because we'll also be tracking our uh, emails and calls and contact points because that's also super helpful for us because we're a fairly large organization. So we want to know who's interacting. Like if Chandra passes someone to me or I'm passing someone to Chandra or we're passing someone to a loan officer, we want to be able to keep track of it. Um, but as a result, you know, we have, we dedicate at least three, four hours a week just to admin, to keeping on top of that data. I don't know if there's anything else to that, Chandra, you'd like to add. I think you covered it all. I just love to see it in a chart form and say, oh, look at all these people I've connected with. And let me see exactly where my, you know, how I've interacted and engaged with people. So that's how HubSpot does help us. That's our um, little way. And then we do have other things like Domo that'll show exactly the impact and it pulls it into charting and shows you how many people you've impacted and uh, all of that. So yeah, definitely. Um, everything Megan said, but I, yeah, we both love, I love numbers and charts and visualizations. <laughs> love it. And big fan of the spreadsheets on my end as well, too. Whatever tool helps us measure what we need to and as quickly and as effectively as possible, sounds great, right? Doesn't always have to be a fancy piece of software, although I'm also a big fan of HubSpot and use it myself. So <laughs> I will mention them too. They provide great resources. But whatever it takes to kind of get the job done and something that I was thinking about as you were both talking about the details and what you're attempting to measure is I love the I love the approach that you're taking to something that isn't straightforward in terms of how to measure. To me, I welcome those challenges as well, too, because it's always important to measure. But I think it's almost exciting to try to figure out how to measure something that isn't straightforward or going to be easy, because that in itself, like investing in that process can teach us a whole lot, right? We are trying to figure out how to measure certain things. We may come up with new cool ideas that others at our organization may also be able to leverage from us investing in that time. So plus, you know, as you figure out, it's kind of, you get the opportunity to like build that part of the process, right? Which is speaking to the results that are able to be generated from investing all of this time in trying to move certain needles. So I think that's always wonderful. Very cool. Um, so in addition to that, which um, I think was great coverage for that topic, although I could talk about that one all day because that one's a favorite of mine, is I wanted to talk more about these concepts around, uh, Megan, something I know I've heard you reference multiple times already thus far in trust building, but also this concept related to partner stewardship. Uh, so I would love to kind of dive into each really, but better understand you know, how you would define each, what they mean to your organization and your work, and particularly interested in the partner stewardship element, because that's one we haven't touched on yet. 
Well, for me, with partner stewardship is um, working in conjunction with different organizations that are benefiting small business entrepreneurs, as well as uh, bankers. Um, what people don't realize is that as much as we do great work in our nonprofit CDFI space, they have all type of like different things that the banks have they offer or they pour into us because that's a part of their metrics as well as to tap into certain markets. Um, so I definitely have great partnerships with a lot of traditional banks to be able to host events that can get to the priority populations that we work with, but then also just to you know, have different resources available and say, this is what they, they offer because a lot of people are not fully aware, but then also um, other ecosystems. That's one thing that um, I work on is just working with different smaller entities and then bridging that gap and providing that financial help or the, the wherewithal to be able to connect them with either banks or just information on how to move them to the next level. So I that we have to ensure that we have multiple partners that that's how you gain more reach right? Is to say, okay, who out there, because they have a different, you know, connection and skill set, and then also building upon what I have. And so we grow all of us. So that's definitely how I work with my partnerships to stewardness. So Megan can add to that and let me know. I know we both do something in the same realm, but I know uh, it's different because of where we are located. Absolutely. And I think to add, um, you know, defining partner stewardship, I think it's really important to be clear that sending a company newsletter a month after contacting someone, that's not stewardship. That's just, I don't know, they're on your email subscribing list now. So it really is making sure you're connecting a personal touch. It's emailing people directly, don't not just on like a blind copy, right? You want people to feel that's the personal touch you are showing up to the events. Um, I always recommend following um, the organizations or the individuals on any forms of social media. If you're on social media um, or signing up for their newsletters and so you can physically show up to their events as a way of support or even if you can't do that, share them across your own networks. Another key piece of uh, stewardship for us is also making sure that our partners know about each other. We wanna be a really collaborative ecosystem weaver. So it's oh, have you heard about uh, these people doing this great work in Fort Morgan? You should probably talk to the people who are working in Pueblo. Um, just making sure that there are those connections because for a lot of the folks that we're working with and a lot of the organizations we're working with are so, so location-based that sometimes get zooming out and getting that larger state connection or national connection, we want to be able to step in and connect people um, and create collaboratives, create coalitions. Um, and so they feel like that is, it is an actual benefit to continue engaging with us. Um, obviously, when you're doing that, you need to gauge the person, gauge their interest, engage their capacity. Uh, but, you know, making sure you're checking in, that's not just an email, even if it's a phone call or a scheduled virtual coffee or something like that, just to have regular touch points. So it's like, oh, yes, I remember last time we spoke, you were talking about this. That's going to pay off down the line. And even if the individual you're working with leaves that organization in economic development and in our space, we often kind of jump around to different organizations. You never know who's going to, where where anyone's going to end up. I used to do a lot of work, um, working at the Texas Capitol 
the best story when everyone have told me was that someone was incredibly rude to like an intern staffer at the Hill. And 10, 15 years later, that staffer was chief of staff for a very prominent congressman. And they could not get a meeting to save their lives for this congressman because people remember how you interact with them. So kindness goes a really long way in connecting with people, even after they've left the organization, especially if you get along and you're passionate about the same things, goes a super long way. Again, it's a long game, a super, super long game. It's a marathon for sure. You have to make sure you take care of yourself and the people in your ecosystem while you're doing it. Very well articulated and for sure, right? You want to invest in these relationships and the more you invest in them, the more likely you're to get out of it as well too. And as such, the community benefits as well. So I love the partnership angle for a whole bunch of reasons. Just great to be able to kind of grow together, find folks who are trying to solve also similar challenges and maybe they play a complementary role to what it is that you may be doing as such, you can grow together, right? Rising tide raises all ships kind of thing. So I love that approach uh, by for sure. And then, uh, yeah, I was just going to say thank you both for making the time and recording this awesome content, enabling me to share it with my wonderful audience. Um, I wanted to ask a couple of quick questions before we wrap up today, though. Number one, uh, Chandra, Megan, if you have anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up this episode, please feel free to do so. But then beyond that, at minimum, I was also going to ask, like, what can folks that are listening to this content out there do to figure out how to get engaged, help support the mission, that type of thing? And then for any other mission-driven leaders out there who would like to connect with either of you, what would be the best way for them to do that? And is there anybody in particular that you're looking to connect with? Feel free to share that profile as well. Well, for me, um, anything that I just wanted to add is just... Um, you know, community engagement is an amazing like thing that I think that I really truly love to be a part of communities and helping and getting people to the correct space and then to also see it grow. I'm seeing it right now. It's like you see a small business and you've seen them just change their trajectory in such a small span of time. And to know that it's only moving forward from there. So it's a great um, thing to be a part of if anybody ever thought of that. Um, as far as, um, I know you went through a lot of spill <laughs> on uh, things that we can do, but also um, just as far as uh, what we're doing, we just continually just want to be available and accessible. And they can definitely go to our website at dreamspring.org, look more into what our company does, um, who we serve. But we're here for everyone that is a small business that is looking for any capital or just assistance. We're not just here trying to say that money is gonna solve a problem. We're here to say, how can we help you figure out the issue and then grow? So that's definitely um, what we are here for. And then I think Megan will give more contact information and get all of that. I also wanna plug our monthly entrepreneurial resource newsletter called Springboard. If you go to our website, dreamspring.org, you can sign up for the newsletter, but you can also sign up if you are an organization that's just kind of interested in what DreamSpring's doing because we are rapidly expanding across the nation. If you're just curious, um, the newsletter uh, goes out every month. Um, and then you can also find us on LinkedIn. We're pretty easy to find um, if you want to connect with us on there or just go directly um, to our website. 
Amazing. Thank you both again for making the time and sharing your wonderful experience with our audience. I know it's very helpful for them and we're very excited to stay in touch as you continue to grow and do amazing, wonderful things uh, throughout the communities in which you work. So Chandra and Megan, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks so much, Sean. Thank you for listening to this episode of Scaling Impact. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you'd like to learn how to scale impact at your nonprofit organization by more than double in less than half the time, I'd encourage you to sign up for my free five-day email course at nextstep.io forward slash impact. That's nextstep.io, N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io forward slash impact.